You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank. Coming up, the latest episode of The Process. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to The Process, where the process is always greater than what it produces. This is your boy, linebacker, 10-year NFL vet, Sean Barber. Uh, man, we just loving Chiefs Kingdom. I mean, listen, uh, a rough back-to-back weeks, uh, two losses. Um, that hasn't happened much in Patrick Mahomes' career, not just, you know, even Andy Reid's career. Um, the one thing that this team, this coach, has always done is learn how to rebound and rebound quickly to not let one loss linger and last to another. But that's the state of the union. That's where we are right now. Uh, man, I got a great co-host tonight, today. Uh, my man, mountain of a man, obviously not just his demeanor and his stance. Uh, yeah, he is a mountain of a man physically, but also mentally, emotionally, spiritually, man. Uh, former teammate of mine, Jason Dunn, is in the building. You can see him right there. Co-host of Chiefs Concern, uh, Jay Dungeon. Is that what it is? Jay, Jay Dungeon Dog is where you can find him on his IG, his Instagram. But man, just look up. Yeah, you look up Chiefs Concern. Look up his podcast. Him and Market Stash are doing a great job of really debating back and forth some of the pros and cons of what's going on here at Chiefs Kingdom. Uh, so yeah, usually we start the show with the who, the where, the what, the where. Can I find you? Who are man, Jason? You know, listen. I'm gonna be honest. Everybody in Chiefs Kingdom know who you are. You've been on the show before. So we're gonna we gonna cut to the you're gonna cut to the chase. I'm, I'm gonna spend a little bit of time paying some bills, and then okay. we're gonna jump right into what we got going on here at Chiefs Kingdom. Um, and talk right about what's 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 coming up, which is the the, the uh, Patriots game. So, all right, sounds good. Sounds all good. right, all right. So, hey man, the title sponsor of the process is the McGinnis Group. Man, uh, Scott and Sonny and Matt McGinnis, man, they have a great company that handles your uh, health benefits packages. Yes, I am a, uh, I do work, I do business development for the McGinnis Group. Um, and we specialize on employee benefits packages, health insurance for companies, uh, retirement, financial services life insurance, and long-term care. I mean, we would love the opportunity to have a chance to just review your current plan and learn about your game plan for life. Because at the McGinnis Group, it's always about the team. Team is first. T-E-A-M, together, everyone achieves more. And so without further ado, man, Jason, we're going to jump into it, man. We know who's the, I mean, listen, it's, it's, a, it's a team right now that's eight and five. And I think if anybody told us, like the total losses and the Chiefs season, we would have thought that, you know, somehow, some way, you know, listen, man, Chiefs, we play down to the opponents sometimes. We win games we ain't supposed to. We lose games we ain't supposed to. I would have thought that going into the season, looking at the schedule, four losses was the, the you know, they, they, somehow, some way, we was going to lose four games, maybe five games if, you know, somebody got injured and all that. But thinking of a 12-5 a and five season um, with as much hype that, that there was around the AFC this year, I mean, the AFC loaded with, quarterbacks all you know yeah. nine out of the top 10 quarterbacks in the AFC all the talents AFC um so everybody talks so much about the AFC and the AFC West was retooled uh, everybody was a little bit you know thinking about the Chargers and, and the Denver Broncos now have Sean Payton back and you know the Raiders are matching up Garoppolo back with you know his old head coach and everything and then the season became the season as we all know uh, it's a season of nutrition attrition uh, availability is always still the best ability, and, and Chiefs are still, as of right now, number one by a game um, over the Denver Broncos and AFC West. 
But our next opponent coming up here on Sunday, man, at noon is the the Patriots, New England Patriots, led by Bill Belichick. And just just some thoughts about, you know, maybe what's going on. I think they've got three wins uh, on the year so far. So three and 10, three and 11, whatever they are. Um, the last place team in the AFC right now. And after two losses, the Chiefs got to face this team. So what was your um, this introduction to your thoughts about what's going to be um, going on here on Sunday? Well, I'll tell you what, what I, what I do know is uh, three of TN team, uh, if it was coached by anybody else other than uh, Bill Belichick, uh, probably wouldn't even be worried about it, to be honest. I think they would be looking to try to maybe – uh, you know, throw games to get a, a first round pick, a quarterback, or something in that nature. Uh, but we understand this is Bill Belichick, and there's no quitting it. Uh, it's all about pride to him. Um, when when you when you face Bill Belichick, you understand that you're facing a guy that's that's going to be very prepared on what you do. He's going to stop everything that you do well. Um, he 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 just he just doesn't understand. Well, he he understands, but he's just not going to allow his team. Uh, for whatever issues or they're dealing with right now, quarterback issues, we understand there's a lot of things going on up there with them. Uh, but for that to to be an excuse to lose a game, you know, he just he's just not built that way. And so, if we think we're just going to walk in and 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 get a win because this is what the record is, you know, although they, who they got Zappy, you know, who they're going to use, you know, Jones, who who they're going to use? Well, it doesn't matter. Bill Belichick could come out there and throw the ball himself if he needs to. So. <laughs> Uh, even at three and ten, Bill Belichick probably sent somebody to Kansas City to to spy on us. So, yeah, uh-huh. listen, yeah, nothing, nothing, nothing is beneath him. Nothing is above him. At this yeah. point, at a stage, uh, you know, he has he has officially been put on notice. The hot seat is in Patriots. Um, you know, the owner has come out this week and say that you know, hey, Bill Bel- Belichick is possibly has been under the assumption this is going to be maybe his final year in New England. And to be a, a legendary coach um, with all those wins and accomplishments, the Super Bowl rings, the winning seasons, the records, dynasty, mm-hmm. and to be like now in the, the waning parts of that season where you got to start realizing that, you know, if he, if he does continue coaching, it's going to be someplace else. Um, I think that, like you said, the one thing that you said is like with that kind of longevity in your career, the one thing you're not going to allow is a young team to undermine your career. You're not going to let this young team just come out there and just uh, play with no confidence, play with no discipline, uh, be, you know, not the aggressor. I mean, almost maybe overly aggressive, overly um, opportunistic about the chances they're going to have to go out there and make plays. Because at this point, you you, you don't have to secure a a playoff spot. You know you're not in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So now every individual is out there playing for self. I mean, they're out there showcasing their own highlight film. So if they're not with New England, they got to be showcasing and uh, kind of like on a on a job interview for these next four weeks. It's a job about, you know, about where they're going to. So, man, if you're talking about a team that's dangerous with their back against the wall, um, I would say that New England is probably one of the top teams if you want to talk about somebody who can uh, jump up and bite you if you don't come in there prepared. But I think that the, the, the Chiefs coming off of back-to-back losses, uh, they've had a kind of an awakening themselves, right? There's some things that have gone on from a accountability, responsibility, I mean, we we overtalked alignment and how important that is to be properly aligned. We've overtalked drops. We've overtalked turnovers. All the things that going into a season that you say uh, equally, these things have the uh, an amount to do with you not being successful. 
alignment, assignment, communication, whether you are not creating turnovers or you're giving the ball away, penalties, drop balls, unforced errors, pre-snap, you know, uh, mistakes, mental errors. Like those are the litany. If you talk about a laundry list of what you go down and check on, what makes a team successful versus yeah. what makes a team lose ball games, we have pretty much opens Pandora's box on a combination of all of these things when it comes to in right. what ways and fashions the Kansas City Chiefs have chosen to, especially on the offensive side of the ball, um, not be at our best. So, uh, I mean, of those things, what do you think are some of the things that could be, uh, I guess, looking forward to the game this Sunday? What are the things uh, would you be focused on as, as addressing when it comes to the Patriots game? Well, I think it's real simple. I think you got to eliminate the penalties and eliminate the mistakes. Uh, as I said before, control what you can control. So all those things that we've had, we, you know, we've been all these self-inflicted wounds and penalties that we've been having uh, is something that can be corrected. It's corrected through practice, uh, through repetition, uh, through focus. Uh, and also, too, it's, a, it's accountability. Let's just be real here. You know, in, instead of us trying to, and I, I know we talked at, at nauseum about the whole situation with uh, Kadarius Tony. Uh, the bottom line is, it's on him and incumbent on him to be a to to take care of his stuff first. Yeah. That's it. All you can do is control what you can control. And I said sometimes what you need to do is just shut all the doors, uh, shop. That's what you have to do, especially right now when you're eight and five. You're listening to all the noises out here on social media, in in the, the TV land or whatnot. Everybody's taking a shot at you, and they've been wanting to do that, right? Because why? Because you're Super Bowl champs. Okay, you're the defending champions, and so I think it takes. Andy and those guys to say, hey, listen, you know what? We need to understand it's going, it's going to be the guys in the room that's going to be able to go to work uh, and take care of the problems that we have. Now, look, I've seen them in the process starting to get better. Okay, There has been progress on the offensive side of the ball. It does look different. And so that gives me a lot of hope into what these guys are going to do uh, in the future, these next four games. And, and you know, you were talking before, yeah, we didn't know what they were going to be. Yeah, maybe it was going to be, you know, 14 and 3, 13 and 4. Uh, well, I think they finished the season at 12 and 5, which I think some people had them, you know, probably doing. Which still is a that's a that's a great that's a great uh uh games and we're sitting there saying win and loss record. Okay. That's that's and, and that, that puts you still in that in the category and potentially being the number one seed. Now we need some things to happen, obviously. But to me, 12 and 5 end of the season is still a great record, right? It really is. But it's going to take all the guys in a room to make sure everything is is taken care of. You can't worry about the refs. You can't worry about what everybody else do. Control what you can control. Pure and simple. Pure and simple. Man, I like that. So I had a chance to listen to Andy Reid's uh, uh, interview when he tells and talks to the media about like them preparing for the Patriots and preparing for the next game. And so, some of the things I heard from him saying are things I've heard from him. You know, so I, I had a chance. Uh, play for him back in Philly, 0206. Um, he always talked about looking forward. He talked about, you know, hey, having a quick, uh, quick, quick case of amnesia. Yeah. Good, bad, and different. Whether we win by 40, or lose by 40, no matter if we have, you know, game breaking plays or game losing plays, I need you all to come in on Monday, watch the film, make the adjustments on Tuesday, rest, recover, and then on Wednesday we go back to work. Right. So it does. It doesn't matter during the season. None of, at the end of the day, these games count as one game. Each one counts as one. It's either going in the win or the loss. Or sometimes, you, I guess, you tie. But at the end of the day, we still got to be able to come back and go to work. And so going to work for the Patriots game, 
I mean, he was very focused in his interview about not wanting to address anything about what just happened uh, last week, not addressing the loss, just just using the loss as momentum to get better. Guys need to detail their work. They're coming in. And he was almost, I mean, I mean, kind of with some youth and exuberance, he was kind of excited about the, the week of work so far over the last couple of days of what he saw from his team as far as being able to come in and focus and not be down on themselves, not be pointing fingers at each other. The defense, uh, yeah, there was an explosion on the sideline with Joe Cullen and, and Chris Jones, but that's, man, like you said, man, iron sharpens iron. Sometimes you get this kind of explosiveness, um, a little bit of extra energy on the sideline because you're, you're all are trying to get someplace and everybody has a voice, but hey, when you're on the sideline, you got to listen to the coaches, and then as players, you can talk about it. But um, sometimes that th- that stuff bo- boils over and bubbles over, bubbles yeah. over. But as we t- talk about the preparation for the Patriots, there is there's a void for me when it comes to the Patriots offense. Um, no, really, you know, Myers is. Uh, I mean, uh, again, this uh, uh, Dem- Demarius. What's the what's the what's the wide receiver name that they got? I got a young rookie wide receiver. I think that been playing Demary or something, but yeah, no, no, really, th- no, no top ten threat wide receiver. The running back uh, Stevenson, uh, so he was injured. So Ezekiel Elliott, I mean, been in the league for a long time, been playing well, but I mean, he's averaging you know, two and a half, three yards a carry. I mean, nothing. The the constant threat when I think about the, the the Patriots offense, I'm thinking about Hunter Henry. I'm thinking about the tight end position. Um, they have two tight ends that can. Uh, you know, in the red zone, it can be threats. Very uh, yep. yep, yep. So both of them can make plays in the red zone, but it, unfortunately, they're to me, their offense is going to struggle to even get in the red zone to make those guys um, threats. So our defense has been playing at a top level all season long. There's some some, some slow starts to some games where we're uh, made ourselves vulnerable to some stack releases by wide receivers or getting some leaky rushing yards after contact in the rushing game. This allows some drives to go in the first uh, first quarter, first half. And then eventually our defense just locks in and, and, and shuts it down. So, um, I, I, man, it's hard for me to even see the Patriots getting 10 points. I, I don't see – I see this as being a definitely under – you're talking about points scored by the Patriots this game. Um, our defense, this is going to be a time for us to kind of maybe start that playoff push, right? Start from the front end to the linebackers to the back end. Uh, we've had a good season, right? Good season of communication. Uh, but but maybe now we, we take this as an opportunity to take advantage of these last four games to make make our stance of who we are. And when I talk about that, what what do you see in our defense? Talk about the three different levels mm-hmm. um, about what we're doing defensively that makes this defense special. Uh, so I, I'll start on the first level. Um, right. You know, the D line to me is is you know that's where you win up front and. It, it all takes everything for those guys to get things going to help out in the back end, right? The linebackers, as you know this, you know, get the guys off the linebackers. Don't let the, the, the you know, guards and tackles climb to the second level. Uh, and so you got to do your job, your due diligence as far as, like, what you want to be able to to accomplish up there up front. And the thing is, Chris Jones does a, a tremendous job. I'm looking at him getting double and triple teamed. I mean, they, they're looking at making sure that they game plan where Chris Jones is going to be. And so they'll check out again. But, you know, we've seen the last few weeks, they're checking out of plays just based off where Chris Jones is lined up. And, and rightfully so, they should. And so when you have a guy who has been so dominant up front, uh, those are guys that you got to make sure you keep your eyes on. Uh, still need a little bit more out of the, the other inside uh, defensive tackles. I think uh, they they have been somewhat okay at times. 
Uh, but I, I, I'm always looking at this. If you get somebody's getting double teamed, then you singled up, then you got to win. That's how it works in the NFL. Yeah. Um, our outside guys, Menehu, uh, Kalakis has been doing a good job bringing pressure. Um, and I like to still see them uh, get home a little bit more uh, than what they've been doing. Now, obviously, we know they're going to try to run the football with, with uh, Rianja Stevenson and Ezekiel Elliott. I don't know if, if Rianja, I, I haven't seen the, the depth chart as far as the, uh, the injured list, but. Uh, you know, they're going to try to get their running game going. And so uh, our D-line's got to be able to hold up. So we got to see those guys up front, man, do a, 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 an absolutely uh, phenomenal job in making sure that that an O-line doesn't get off on you. Uh, second level, I'm looking at the linebackers here. And so we got our general back in, in Nick Bolton, uh, which is always encouraging to me. I think Nick Bolton is probably one of the most underrated linebackers in the NFL. Uh, I watched him here in college. I, I watched him. He's a tackling machine. And the thing is, the Chiefs understand because he's the one, the conductor, that puts everybody in the you know direction and position that they need to be in. And so when I see the communication out there defensively, I mean, I'm overjoyed. I'm like, yeah, look at that's what I'm talking about. That's what a leader does. Hitting guys, get over here. You got to be over in this gap. Make sure you're – and he's just making sure everybody is where they're supposed to be at. So it's good to see him do that. Uh, Leo Chanel, man, a young linebacker who's been doing a phenomenal job for us. I like the way that he plays football. He's a physical guy. Uh, you think that because he, he's got all these muscles, he's going to be a lumbering guy, but he's actually pretty athletic. He, he really is. He is. Yeah. Uh, and so he makes a lot of plays for us. A lot of plays, that I think, that people don't necessarily give him that, like that attaboy as they should. Uh, Willie Gay, uh, one of those very athletic linebackers in the, in the NFL. Uh, Willie is one of those guys that, that has been a, doing a tremendous job this year, kind of dissecting plays and making plays. Uh, he's doing a much better job this year, I think, in some of the run game. Uh, last game, we, we we sit there and we watched kind of a little bit where he might have got, you know, a little twisted up maybe in some of the coverages and whatnot. Uh, maybe it wasn't the best game for Willie, but he's he's been phenomenal up until this point. Well, even even the end of the game, uh, like you said, it kind of started bowing their backs up a little bit better uh, and stopping what the Bills were doing. Uh, Secondary-wise, now look, I think this secondary, uh, the duo, as we look at McDuffie and Snead, is probably one of the best duos in the league. Uh, very underrated. I know you said on our show uh, when you came on that these guys need to be making the Pro Bowl. If they're not considered for the Pro Bowl, man, it'd be a travesty. And I agree with you. Um, that when when we're talking about the assignment they have been given, week in and week out, uh, really going up against the best receivers in the game, they have been doing shutdown, lockdown football. Yes, sir. All year, all year round, all year round, and. It, it, almost to your point, what you said, McDuffie may not be considered because he's not really getting interceptions. Well, guess what? If the guy's not catching the football, he's knocking them down. He's locking them up. Ball ain't getting thrown his way, right? So that has to be in the consideration. I'm thinking that. So it's Snead. I think he has three interceptions right now. Uh, he's he's just to me. He, he's the bully guy on defense. I just to, the way that he's able to come in and know that you got the best guy this week. Okay, whether it be Justin Jefferson or Stephon Diggs, Devontae Adams, or whatnot, he does not blink. He does not blink. He understands that when he goes in the game, yeah, I got the best guy. I'm locked down on that. The guy on the other side knows too what the dude in a week or two weeks ago didn't do against it, right? So Steve's been doing a tremendous job playing playing lights out football. Uh, you know, we we looking maybe the contract. You know, at the end of the season, or maybe during the season, before it all ends up, and say, "Hey, man, we don't want this guy to get away from us." But that that's, that's later on, different conversation. Uh, and so we're talking about obviously um, 
you know, Justin Reed. Justin Reed, man, he, he he's a guy to me that uh, he's been coming down lighting linebacker, I mean, line, running backs up. He's been doing a good job, man, just filling the lanes. I mean, he's doing a really, really good job this year. There's a couple of times, been a couple of games this, this year that I've seen him. I'm just like, man, whoa, who's that guy? Where's he been at? And so he's been playing at a high level, uh, doing a great job of being at the place where it needs to be. That's what you look for, safety, just to be solid, right? You look for a guy to make sure that he's that everybody's figured out where they need to be, but also, too, when you expect things to get, get out of sorts, He's the one that comes in, right? And he's the one that come locking down. Uh, Mike Edwards is the one that's to be starting for us. We understand what Mike does, man. He's a, a wily vet. Has been doing it for a long time, man. And so, it, you know, when, when I look at him all the time, it seems like he's like a, a, a cyborg. I don't know if people know what cyborgs are, right? Because he always got the arms, the sleeves. I'm like, who, who's this? I'm like, that's Mike. That's just one of them warriors just strap it up and shop. That's all he is. He's just he's a warrior that straps everything up. But this defense, man, has just been phenomenal for us. Uh, and all of that has been from uh, the brilliance of Spags. Spags has been doing a great job, man, calling games. Uh, just giving uh, the offenses the, his best shot. And he's just been taking them to the to the, to the the woodshed. That's what he's been doing all year. So I think if you do that, man, we should be able to blow this team out. Let me put it that way. We should be able to blow this team out. Like you said, they got some really good uh, uh, tight ends in Hunter Henry uh, and Gusecki. Uh, wide receiver. We had one over here, Juju. Juju. He's not really as as satisfied being up here in New England, right? As, you know, you know, you don't know who's going to be throwing to him, and when it is, it's in the dirt over his head. So, uh, a little tough for him. Uh, yeah, and the other wide receiver, young guy. Uh, that's why I was trying to think who it was. Yeah, I couldn't think of his name either. Uh, what is his name? So I was looking at him. Oh, Demario Douglas. Douglas. Yeah, Douglas. Demario Douglas. So, yeah, young yeah, guy. Just some guys in it. But that's a great listen, man. That that's the way we want to do, man. The process is always great in what it produces. We always want to talk about all the ingredients that makes different teams, especially the Chiefs team, go. Man, that was a great analysis of all the three levels of the defense. We're gonna take a quick break and come back. And when we come back, we're gonna talk Chiefs offense, talk a little playoffs, and then we'll talk about some faith, family, and football. Me and JD, we're brothers in Christ. We always talk about that before we let y'all go. Uh, but we'll be right back after a quick break. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? This is Tucker Franklin from KC Sports Network. Thank you for listening to today's show. Make sure to follow us and subscribe for more Chiefs content wherever you get your podcast. If you want to support us further, you can shop the latest collection of KC Sports Network merch in partnership with Sandlot Goods. You can find hats, shirts, hoodies, and more at sandlotgoods.com. You can click the link in the description for more information. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. The holiday season can be a very busy time, and it can also be a time of giving to your family or to your community. It can also be a time of a little bit of extra added stress possibly to your life, whether it's from holiday travel, financial stress, or from being around your family that can add extra stress to your life. You might be extra focused on giving to your family or to your community, and maybe losing a little bit of giving to yourself. The holidays are always a great time to give to others, but sometimes it might be better to sometimes focus on yourself as well. So whether that's by starting therapy or going easy on yourself during tough moments or maybe treating yourself to a day of rest, remember to give yourself some extra love during this holiday season. Therapy can be a great way to give yourself that extra love. It can make you feel grounded. It can help you remove some extra stress maybe from your life or help release burdens that you might have. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do, just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. 
In the season of giving, give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash KCSN today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash KCSN for 10% off your first month. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to The Process, where the process is always greater than what it produces. This is your boy, Sean Barber, 10-year NFL vet. Uh, Vice President of Business Development at the McGinnis Group. We always want to thank the McGinnis Group because together everyone achieves more. That's a model around there. Be a part of the McGinnis team and let us take an opportunity to go over your health benefits package for your companies and also any kind of long-term care that you might need for your employees. And without further ado, man, I got Jason Dunn in the building. Jay Dungeon Dog is his Instagram. Co-host of Chiefs Concern, him and Marcus Nash. Obviously, we always love to cross-promote, help each other's brand. Um, he's doing an amazing job of finding a way to, uh, uh, with a lot of uh, veracity, a lot of venom, a lot of action, a lot of uh, instinct, gut. When you talk about two guys who takes and breaks down the plays, the stats, the X's and O's, um, the the brain versus the brawn, um, whether it's uh, statistically versus instincts, um, J- Jason Dunn and Marcus Dash do an amazing job of just breaking down uh, Chiefs, the issues that are going on each game, each and every week. So, man, give them a like, give them a follow. Um, if you're looking for a very unique discussion format of the Chiefs, um, my man Marcus Dash and JD is doing an awesome job. So, thank you, thank uh, you. Without without further ado, Jason, let's go ahead and get into this Chiefs offense. Okay. Um, Andy Reid, he spent a lot of time talking about. You know, folks and moving forward, um, especially with Rashi Rice being one of our top wide receivers now. I think the the entire season people have been waiting to see who was going to be that wide receiver one. MBS, Sky Moore, was it going to be uh, Kadarius Toney or maybe even Justin Watson? Like, like who who is ready to be the one to step up? It's, it's hard to think that somebody's going to draft a rookie and that rookie was going to be expected to be wide receiver one. But as we get to the point now, right, it's week 15. We're looking at the season. We're looking at the stats each and every week. I mean, he's getting six and seven targets, and he's making the most out of them. He still has some rookie mistakes. The ball gets put on the ground too much, maybe a drop once and twice every other game or so. But 
as far as his potential to be a, a, a top threat in this offense, I think that he definitely has all the skill, all the ability needed to rise to the occasion. He just needs that consistency, the yeah. fluidity, the, the trust from the quarterback that he's going to be in the right place at the right time. And I think that's something that they're currently currently just building and working towards. So yeah. we don't need them to bust right now, right? You, you just keep keep boiling, keep keep that crock pot working. That's right. And then when it's time for the postseason, that's where we, we want we really want to see uh, Rashi Rice being at A plus, um, you know, uh, performing on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. Um, so so uh, let's let's I'm gonna give you a, give you a chance. Let's talk about the wide receiver room, and you can include Kelsey in that because we know I mean he's a glorified yeah. wide receiver when it comes down to it. he's you know pretty much a top five wide receiver in the league, mm-hmm. just playing the tight end position. So, what is your thoughts about the wide receiver position or the receiver group when it comes to the Kansas City seat keeps moving forward? Uh, so, you know, the wide receiver group is, has been one of topic uh, since the beginning of the season. Uh, you know, big question. Uh, but we have seen the uh, uh, the uh, emergence of Rasheed Rice. And th- that is one of those things that we have been hopeful for to find somebody that was going to be the number one. Um, and so at the very beginning of the season, everybody said it was going to be Kadarius Tony, right? End up being Rasheed Rice. The thing is, Rook does a great job. He does. He, he catches the football. He's very strong. He's got a lot of wiggle in his hips, and he's he's very explosive. Gets vertical, uh, right? He gets vertical up. quick. Immediately, yes, immediately. Uh, and I think that he's he's warrant having you know a few more opportunities, uh, you know, under his belt. And so I think Rasheed Rice for us uh, is our number one wide receiver, and you know, right, feel so. Uh, he's just been absolutely producing for us. Um, but it's been somewhat, like you said, a, a process trying to get these guys on the same page and it's still growing. Uh, I was watching the film, uh, and kind of checking out still guys, you know, Patrick Mahomes and some of the receivers just kind of being off key. Some of the miscommunications, some of the balls are in the dirt, some, some are behind them and guys are just not on the same page. So is that part of that is a lack of trust? Uh, sure. But I told uh, somebody yesterday, I said, you know, as for Patrick, Patrick can't have that. Andy told him, said, look, just trust the guys. Just You got to just trust them, okay? They're going to be there for you. You, as as the facilitator throwing the football, you got to trust the guys are going to be there. And so if they're not, do your job. That's all it takes, right? Don't try to do so much that you're over-processing everything and you're doing their job too. So you just got to do their job. So NBS has, has come in, hasn't had the season that we thought we was going to have. I'm sure he didn't. He, he doesn't believe that either. Uh, but also, too, Kadarius Toney. You know, he got hurt in, in training camp. Hasn't necessarily been right since. And we've been looking for him as well. And it's been a lot of questions just in the rotation in that wide receiver room shop. I, I'm going to go there with it. Okay. There's been a lot of questions just in the rotation about who it is that you play. Justin Watson came, played at a high level the very first few weeks of the of the year. Um, now he's just kind of been a piece. Just come in, maybe catching a ball or two uh, throughout the season. But when I look in the wide receiver room uh, and I'm looking at the Leading receivers. I'm going to tell you the top receivers in the game, all right? I don't know if you've seen this or not. So your top receiver, Travis Kelsey, we got to add him in there, right? The guy that's been slowing down, who's lost two or three different steps and ready to, uh, for retirement, got 80 receptions for 896 yards, okay? So that tells me all in that, the first stats in itself, that the man ain't slowing down. So I don't know what people are watching. <laughs> I don't know what they're looking at. I don't know what they're saying. But I know no the man got effect. You don't. It ain't no swifty effect. It may be, hey man, look if you, if you want to go out there for your boo, I know I, I'm. Hey, look, I'm on my toes when my lady comes to see me play. Right, you got to do it. You got to wear the cape. That's what you got to do, brother. 
So yeah, maybe part of his swifty effect. That's good. Good for him. Good for both of us. Exactly. Right. Uh, the next guy is Rasheed Rice with 59 receptions. Okay, 663 yards. Right, and that's that's promising from a rookie because we didn't expect to get that out of him. If we got that out of him at the beginning of the season, we knew he was going to get that. Man, we was we'd have been head over heels saying, "Oh, you you did a great thing, man. We done broke the mold as far as getting rookie wide receivers in the Kansas City under Andy." Right. Uh, the next guys, Isaiah Pacheco with 33 catches. Okay, 29 yards. And so uh, Isaiah Pacheco, who didn't play the last game, uh, he's been an absolute dominant force on offense for us. He has, and he's done a good job of catching the ball out the backfield. Patrick's been catching a little bit more in the flats. Uh, been watching a little bit more of the man coverage they're giving, where he's just running out of the break, right? You know how you can you know, get one-on-one with the linebackers, but he's been doing a good job. And then also, too, him getting vertical as well. And so he's been getting a lot of little yak yards uh, catching the football. Uh, and then we go to Kadarius Tony with 25. Um, and so Kadarius has been one of those guys that have been kind of up and down, right? Sometimes he drops some balls at the very first of the the, the, the season. He has some runs. Right? Yeah. Trey Lions game. Trey Lions, you know, not his best game. But Kadarius Tony is absolutely a weapon. We got to utilize him. We got to utilize him because he can give you so much. And so – I think now because he's starting to get healthier, and I think that's what Andy then was had been waiting for. Uh, we need to give him more opportunity as well. And then the third guy, to believe it or not, man, is Jared McKinnon. Can you believe that? Yeah. So, <laughs> the Jet, the Jet with twenty-two. So in that, in that, what I've done talked about, there's only two wide receivers that out of the top six guys, only him two are wide receivers. So is that scheme wise? Is that something that maybe not be happening in the wide receiver room? I know that Patrick likes to divvy the balls up to different guys, right? If you're open, you're open. Um, but we we had to talk about some of the things as far as commitment, methodically and systematically, going back to what it is that you want to do against a defense. And so you you make you have to make sure that everybody's on the same page with each other, especially going into the playoffs. These next four games, okay, and we talked about it, okay? Patriots, uh uh Las Vegas, the Raiders, we got um Bengals and the Chargers. Bengals and the Chargers, okay? Those are four great teams that we these guys can develop what they need to develop going into the playoffs, okay? And so I think you need to go ahead and stack on the good things that you do, right? Build on the things that you have been doing well over this time. Now, now obviously, it's not what we've been wanting to see, but these guys have been getting better. You know, I had to admit to it, you know, and that's what I've been hopeful for. I've been hopeful that sometimes things don't always look like the way it wants to, right? So like you said, when you start stirring the pot, you know, you look like ain't no way it's gonna come out look big cookies or a cake, right? Ain't no way it's gonna turn into that. But you just start needing it a little bit, needing somewhat. Then you add in all the like the chocolate chips and whatnot, and then you start forming them. And then once you put it on the little pan, put that juggle in the oven. When that sucker comes out, there you go. You got your great batch of cookies, and that's what I'm looking for. These guys to have going into the playoffs. That's, well, that's good, man. So we look at the offense. Obviously, you mentioned, I mean, we, we never give offensive linemen enough credit. Obviously, the position, uh, our, our center and guards, they they go nameless all season long because they've been just so solid. Mm-hmm. Um, Tooney and Creed and Smith. But then we talk about, man, um, we talk about Trey Smith, but then we talk about Donovan Smith, right? Donovan Smith has been replaced by Wanye Morris. Wanye came in, mm-hmm. and I'm telling you, that the fact that we didn't hear a lot about uh, deficiency at that position. Um, I think that if you look at the film, man, he had a very solid game, man. He had a really solid game, and that can future. And you, you need to talk about 
checking out some box about what this team needs in the future and where we're going even beyond this one season. Mm-hmm. I think that he's he's, he's kind of cement and putting himself in the mix as far as being uh, the starting left tackle for the Chiefs beyond just these last four games in, in this yeah. uh, playoff season. So I got to give a shout out to Wanye for his job he's doing. Um, and then obviously, um, you know, continue to go on and what you're saying about our remaining games. Uh, it's a chance for this offense against, I mean, the one thing you're going to receive from the Patriots, the Raiders, the the Bengals, and the Chargers, you're still going to see top 10 defense. Like, like yeah. the, the the reason those teams haven't been super successful is mm-hmm. not defense. Like, the, the right, guys right. got guys that get after the quarterback. Um, I think Max still leads the league and with 15 sacks on the season or something like that uh, for the Chargers. Uh, the Bengals got two pass rushes that are still coming. The Raiders got, you know, the nemesis, um, uh, Patrick Crosby. nemesis, um, yeah. Max Crosby. Yeah. Um, and, and then the Patriots have Belichick, who defensively is going to create a game plan to take away your top two weapons. So he's going to take away Rice. He's going to take away Travis. And he's going to see if we can, you know, use those other weapons you, you, you just talked about to move the ball down the field, and then in the red zone, it's going to get real sticky. It gets real sticky with the Patriots in the red zone. So yeah, um, we're going to try to find us some do some things. Uh, you got to do some things differently against them because they are are one of the defenses that they don't do from weeks 1 through uh, 14 that they're going to do week 15. Their defense is customized each and every week to take away what you do. Right. Some teams aren't built that way. Some teams, even mm-hmm. our team, our team on defense, we're not – we're not trying to match up what we do philosophically, defensively to take away what the, our opponents do. We want to play our game. We communicate what we do. We ray exotic blitz. Yeah. We uh, reroute routes. We are uh, a top-down defense. Our linebackers are very aggressive and they're very athletic. And then we get to the quarterback. So, so no matter who you are playing against us, you're going to receive that same treatment from our team no matter what. Yeah, Bill Belichick, his the Patriots' philosophy is totally different. He Customized. looks, that's <laughs> right. He customized. He he looks at what you do. He decomposes it, takes it apart. Mm-hmm. Then he takes a couple screws loose to say you're not going to do this, you're not going to do that. I love the way you go there on third down where you're not going to be able to go there. And then he tests this. He tests to see if you actually are going to go through your checks. Are you going to go through your routes? Are you going to go through your progressions as a quarterback? Will you run the ball when you're supposed to? Uh, when you see a light box with just six people in the box, um, are you going to do things from a philosophical standpoint to take advantage of, you know, things he does defensively, or are you going to allow him just to keep, you know, being uh, exotic against you? Sometimes, man, defensive linemen don't get in stances, right? You play with three right. safeties, mm-hmm. triple deep coverage. You play with zero coverage um, yep. in the middle of the field when everybody else, you know, no one else plays zero in the middle. Of the field. No, he plays in the middle of the field. Mm-hmm. All the things that you don't do. Um, you always got to be prepared for for this Patriots team to do it on the defensive side of the ball. So, well, uh, Sean, so let me, so let's have a conversation real quick, okay? I think part of uh, some of our our uh, eels that's been happening in our offense is because it's been a little bit murky for Patrick. I think the defense has been throwing a lot of different things, different combinations uh, against our guys. Uh, that has has not necessarily opened up a nice window for Patrick to see, right? And that's for, for quarterback. You want to see the picture. You want to see the big picture when it comes out. And so I think part of this is some of the trust. I think part of this is the route combination. But I don't think people realize, like, when you're playing Patrick McHolmes, you just can't be like the vanilla defense. You just can't. 
you know that. And so when every time when I, I look on whoever they're playing, you know, I always go to the press conference to see how they're going to play us, right? I always check it out. And they, they and every defense coordinator comes in. You cannot play Patrick Mahomes the same way. You just can't. You got to do things different for him. What do you do to stop Patrick Mahomes? And so I think it's it's been one of those things week in and week out. Guys been throwing different formulas on how to stop Patrick Mahomes, and a lot of it has been, you know, the seven back or the eight back. With Patrick sitting over like, well, we only got two receivers in a round, or maybe three. <laughs> right? That's tough. Yeah. That's tough to do. So I, I think part of part of the things that's been Illinois, you, know, you know, that's been really just kind of been such a hard issue hasn't necessarily been the wide receivers, but maybe some of the putting guys in position to make plays sometimes. And I don't think we've been doing that uh, successfully throughout a game, consistently throughout a game. Uh, and I think the coaches need to help him out a little bit more on that. Because like you said, Bill Belichick and those guys, they're going to customize. They, they look, they understand, hey, look, we get it. Yeah, you start running the, the football more with Isaiah Pacheco and CEH and those McKinnon. Fine. Bill Belichick, that's done with. We're going to make sure that's not going to happen. Okay? Yeah, Patrick likes to kind of billy out a little bit. Well, guess what? How are we going to push our pass rush? All right? He likes to retreat farther than anybody else. Pass rush, now in your point of, of intersection, it's got to be here now. Right? So he's he's going to be methodical in what he does to try to attack Patrick Mahomes. But I think that's probably been what's been ailing us this, this entire season, man. I think it's been that, just the complexities of the defense, what they present to him. What do you think? Well, if there's if there ever is a defensive-minded head coach who would put eight DBs on the field and just three linemen the entire game and dare you to run it every time, just dare you to run it. Like it ain't. But we we got a nose tackle, two ends, every series, every down, and we're gonna see if you're willing to just hand it off and take five yards. Mm-hmm. Because when you pass it, we gonna get we gonna get we'll have one guy right on top of Kelsey. Mm-hmm. We gonna have another guy with you know an outside. We're gonna triple cover him. We're gonna have a a guy deep to take the top off of MVS. And everybody else is going to be mono and mono, rerouting, underneath leverage, you know, that we call it cover five, right? Yep. Uh, with safety up over the top and see if you're willing to, you know, just run the ball, check to runs and stuff when you know that that's the coverage. And if you're not, there's there's just no place to throw the ball. Right. Like, there's no place to throw the ball and then you have to scramble. And then we have a, you know, shadow or a spy technique. He was an yep. EB who can, yep. you know, run, run right. with you and get you out. So if there's any defensive coordinator who I think will throw all the last, you know, 13, 14 weeks out the door and just come up with some kind of backyard, uh, uh, you know, pass heavy, just taking away, just cover first, cover first, almost giving away the run, I would say Belichick this week would be one you might see something like that. Um, and like you said, with, with, with Patrick Mahomes, and when you're trying to get used to wide receivers running different routes, it does matter right at the line of scrimmage, how you release. Whether it's a vertical release, whether it's a horizontal release, whether you're doing a stutter step release. Because to me, if I'm a quarterback, there's an expectation in this certain route against this defense, I think that you're going to release a certain way. And any release you do that's not that way makes me kind of start to doubt if you are going to finish the route the right way. Now I can't throw the ball on time because I'm – I'm a little bit concerned that, you're, that you've released the wrong way, so you might be running the wrong route, and I can't just throw it in the coverage, especially when defenses have extra coverage people. So right. it's kind of a compounding uh, um, issue because we don't have that, you know, Tyreek Hill, when in doubt, just throw it 40, 50 yards deep. He's going to, you know, one-on-one run past everybody. So everybody is just condensing and compounding, and, and yeah. really it's just no 
windows to really, you know, fit the ball in there. And then when he does fit it, the drops. So even when we do do all of those things and we do get to a positive route with a positive, uh, you know, a, a, a play that's a 20-yard gain or 15-yard gain on third down, mm-hmm. either it's a drop or it's a hold or something goes on, alignment, assignment that negates that play from being a positive play. So yeah, um, when you look at the, the season as a whole, if you can just not associate the end product, we ran the routes, it came open, man, that's a plus. That, yeah. that means we, the, the concept worked, it mm-hmm. created an opening, we could make the throw. Now, whether we catch it or not, all that kind of stuff, you can't can't always use the outcome of the play as a reason to not run it again. There you and go. So I think when you look at that entire thing in a scenario um, throughout our season, you, I mean, I would be very happy with the progress that I've seen at this offense as a whole as far as the concepts they're running and how they're developing plays and even some of the backyard stuff we talk, I mean, the, the lateral play is just phenomenal in itself, no matter if it counts or not. The heads up that uh, Travis Kelsey had to find uh, Kadarius on the other sideline and allow it for a touchdown. Uh, again, I, I, I count that as a, a phenomenal highlight play. I don't care if he was on the line, off the line, and who was responsible for telling him. All of that kind of stuff don't matter. So, well, look, man, this is the second segment. Uh, we had a, ch- a chance to talk about the Chiefs offense. We're going to come back in the third segment, really quick, wrap up the playoff scenario and some of our risers and fallers as far as the AFC is concerned. And then we'll talk about some faith, family, and football. So, hey, man, this is the process where the process is always greater than what it produces. It's your boy, Sean Barber. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. Welcome back to the process, man. The process is always greater when it produces. Man, this is your guy, Sean Barber. I'm co-hosting, man, with my man, Jason Dunn, Jay Dungeon Dog of Chiefs Concern. And you definitely, man, reach out, check them out. Find them on YouTube or any of your social media uh, podcast. It's a great program. I want you to support my homie. Um, with that, man, we, hey, we, we, we talked Chiefs offense, Chiefs defense. We talked about Andy. Everybody's moving forward. So we're going to continue to move forward with the show, man. We're going to talk about the playoffs. So really quick, J.D., I'm, I'm going to go down the playoffs scenario where it is right now in the AFC. And then I want you to look at these last, you know, four or five teams and talk about, you know, when it comes, when, it, when it's time for all the smoke to clear and all the dust settles, who of these last two or three teams you think might not be in it and then maybe who of these next up, next available teams might make a run in these last four weeks. So it starts off with the Ravens as the one seed at 10 and three. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Dolphins are two seed at nine and four. Our Kansas City Chiefs are eight and five at the three seed. And then the AFC South uh, holds the four seed, the Jacksonville Jaguars at eight and five. Uh, after that, the sixth seed, I mean, the fifth seed is the Browns at eight and five. Then the Steelers at seven and six. And then the Indianapolis Colts at seven six. Right after that, that's so that right now that's the seven teams that are currently after week, uh, after fourteen weeks of football. That's the uh, playoff scenario. Now you got the Houston Texans, you got the uh, Houston Texans, the Cincinnati Bengals, you got the uh, who is that? Uh, the Buffalo Bills, and then I can't even read my own notes sometimes, JD. <laughs> who else am I missing? Who is that? Who you say? Who the Texans, the Cincinnati, uh, Cincinnati Bengals, the Bills, 
I'm missing one team that I can't even read my own notes. That's why I pull up this. Oh, the man, the Broncos. It's yeah. a reason. You know what? It's a reason I can't read my own notes. I apologize for that because I really don't expect the Broncos. I, I I had no expectations <laughs> that the Broncos would still be alive at this point in the season. So I'm I'm questioning my notes. I'm looking at that. I said, man, that looks like Broncos, but ain't no way the Broncos are still alive. Yes, the Broncos are seven and six, only one game behind our Chiefs. And still alive for the playoffs. So, J.D., uh, if you look at that one through seven, um, obviously the Browns, the Steelers, and the Colts are the last three teams. Do you think anybody from the Texans, the Broncos, the Cincinnati Bengals, or the Bills can kind of rise up and take their place? Uh, Yeah, I definitely do. I think the possibility of the Broncos and the Bills may be one that's in the hunt. Um, you know, when I'm looking at some of the, the – down the stretch, who, you know, like Pittsburgh has, you know, they got the Colts, they got the Bengals, they got the Seahawks. Um, I think Pittsburgh's probably loses two out of the three on that. Uh, no doubt about it. Cleveland uh, is a little bit easier, you know, kind of a uh, role for them, but still, like, uh, Houston is one of them that had to play. Uh, who else they had to play on that? Gee, who else? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, when the one thing you look at, what, if you, even if you look at the quarterback position, right? You look yeah. at the, the Browns, they just, Got uh, Flecko off of the practice squad. The Steelers are in between Trubisky and maybe Pickett comes back a little bit. The Colts are now down to Minshew, right? Garner Minshew has been going in there and lightening it up. But he has his highs and lows. Um, And then the Texans, right? Uh, C.J. Shroud had a concussion this last game, so we don't know where they are. Cincinnati is on. They're uh, A.J. McCarron now. Uh, So they've gone through Joe Barrows. They've gone through Jake Browning, and now they're on A.J. McCarron's. So if you look at those teams, like you said, the, the Broncos still got Russell Wilson. The Bills still got Je- uh, Josh Allen. Yeah. So when it comes to fighting for those two last playoff teams down in crunch football into the season, I mean, winning Dallas is it, it, kind of a smart play just to pick. All right, so who still has a playoff caliber quarterback left in the AFC it, taking it, those teams to rise? Those, those teams, you said it, the Bills and the Broncos. And so I would also not just be because of the quarterbacks, I would say the head coaches as well. Uh, and so we're talking about Sean McDermott with the Bills, who does a, a tremendous job of getting his guys prepared and ready. And then, of course, Sean Payton, right? You know, he's a, a, a Super Bowl coach. And he's with what he's done with Russell Wilson since he's gotten there uh, has been nothing but, uh, uh, you know, superlative. It really has. And so the thing is, everybody was talking about Russell Wilson. And he's 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 no more and he's, he's this and that. Man, I was just like, man, it takes a coach. And we've seen that. People, yep. People got upset with Sean Payton talking about hacking and what they did, the job that he did. That when they lost to the Jets, they like, yeah, look, see what you'll say. And Sean Payton's like, just wait. Yeah, I'm not patience. taking up what I'm saying. Hey, got some patience. It will show y'all. It's a process, right? The process says it's a process. We know this. And he said, we're just gonna go through it. We're gonna take it one game at a time. Russell, stick with me. I got you. I think you're a very talented quarterback. We know that you're a Pro Bowl quarterback. Shoot, he was a highest paid at one time. I had a guy named Drew Brees that I did really well with. Guess what? We're going to go ahead and get your 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 uh, career back on track, man. And so the Broncos are dangerous. Broncos are dangerous, uh, but the Bills are too. But I do believe that. I, I believe I do believe in the quarterback and the coaches. I think that's, those things are the one that puts you over anything else, right? Especially in the yes, play. Sir. Mm-hmm. So when it comes down to it, I think we believe that when and at the end of the day, when all the smoke clears, 
Um, whether it's the Jaguars or the Texans or the Colts winning the South, I, I think that the playoffs is only going to be one team out of the AFC South in the playoffs. And then, like you said, between um, yep. the Broncos and the Bills, they'll inch up there and take somebody's place, uh, probably the Steelers. Um, and then the Browns, because of their running game and their defense, they are just going to remain there. I mean, again, Flacco is a, is a polished um, game manager type quarterback. Yeah. And if you're and when you make mistakes, he's going to take advantage of it. Right. And he's not going to make a bunch of turnovers and not going to, hey, he'll throw the ball away versus taking a sack because he's not trying to, you know, throw off schedule and, and you know, put himself at risk. He's going to be, he's going to maintain and be very safe with the football. And I think the coaching staff there with the Browns are doing a great job of putting him in position to not have to make those type of decisions. And I think that's the one thing about, I mean, even we look back at one of the negatives about the Chiefs is, because Patrick Mahomes' ceiling is so high, it would be it's, it's almost be a sin to not allow him to be creative and to throw off schedule and to do all the things that makes him who he is. Mm-hmm. But at the same stance, uh, some of those things uh, unfortunately lead to the receivers looking around like I, I ain't sure what he's about to do. like. I, I ain't sure what to do now right now because you know this stuff is off schedule so. Um, it it allows there to be a, a pro and con, a good and a bad. Uh, you got to balance that out and really, you know, I think early in ball games, just throw the ball on schedule. Yeah. And, you know, uh, a wise man said, if you always take a, a small profit, you'll never be broke. Never will go broke. That's right. right you, just take the small. When you see that fullback in the flat, you see that tight end wide route, just take it. You see that, that, that swing route, just get it in his hands fast and, and let them move the chains. Putting your playmakers' hands really early in the downs, get yeah. those guys go and make plays instead of holding on to the rock, waiting for some kind of off-schedule throw to happen. This wild play, and so sometimes that ends up becoming almost an Achilles' heel for our team. That's right. We're so good at converting third and fifteen, third and twenty-five. It's there. It's there. We just got to catch the ball. Right. Those teams, they never get to that position because they're just taking the small profit. Yeah. What's well, the quick checkdown, right? We we seen Tom Brady win the Super Bowls off of that. Tom Brady's looking down the field like he's going to do it. Throw deep, check down. Throw deep, check down. Right, quick little spacing, little something right you know over the middle. And so uh, those things, you know what shot? Those get yards, like you said. As long as you take a profit, you'll never go broke. And so you know the name of the game is moving the chains, moving the chains, so you can score a touchdown, get in the red zone, and score touchdowns. And I think that Patrick Mahomes has been, uh. He, he hasn't been the best at that this year. And to be honest with you, some of those off-schedule throws, we haven't really seen a whole lot of them this year either, the spectacular plays. I can't think of one like, oh, man, like, wow. It, it just really hasn't really – we haven't seen that. We haven't seen that. And to me, that's okay. I ain't got a problem with it. That's okay. Because, I, 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 look, I'm th- I'm a tight end. So, yeah, check it down to me in the flat, okay, or a quick little five-yard out. Th- throw it to me. I, I take the little shallow cross about two or three yards, and, you know, run over a couple of guys for another two. But I think we need to do it, especially in offense, because it helps us out. It helps move yeah. the chains. And I think what we lack is confidence. We lack consistency. Yes. Um, and so, you know, the truth be told, uh, we don't always have to look for the deep ball. Okay? We're not even we're not even getting those. Not even getting those. But I will say what I do like, what I have seen, is that back shoulder throw now to Rasheed Wright. They have been working on those things. And he threw one. Uh, the last game, man, it was perfect. It was a perfect throw. Um, but let me say this, man, I, and I just I want to just kind of talk about this real quick. 
Okay. Uh, you know, we, we got to make sure that the commitment is in the room. It's in the locker room. It's from the players. Okay. We can't worry about things that go on with the referees or outside world or any of those things. Everything that needs to be taken care of needs to be taken care of by those guys. And I think we need to support those guys and give them the confidence that they need to go forward. We got to let them to, to, you know, show them some grace to make mistakes. Um, you know, we can't be up in arms. And I know what fans are going to be. You know, we're fans, you know, and, and former players. We understand what it means to be in that locker room, how hard it is to week in and week out when you're sitting over there trying to will yourself out here to win your body and all those different things. It's a heavy, heavy price that we pay. My thing is these guys just need to shut everything down, okay, mm-hmm. and just concentrate on what they need to concentrate on, pure and simple, pure and simple. And I, I don't want fans and whatnot all this looking at look, and I said this. I said this on a text message. Asking for the referees to be consistent is asking a politician to tell the truth. Okay, <laughs> never going to happen. When, when human error comes into play, you, you, there's no consistency. You're just not going to have that because you got ethical calls and things like it's just not going to happen. Yes. I word uh, perception or subjective, or from my point of view, when you allow that kind of verbiage to be in a uniform. Right. If I'm the if I'm the official, I'm the judge, and I get to use my perspective or how yeah. I saw it, all of that, and then then everything about consistency gets thrown out the out, out the window now. So, like you're saying, you just got to be good enough and consistent enough at taking the throws when they're given to you, the plays. Right. That's right. You can control. We can control whether the ball comes out and get fumbled or not. That's right. We can control the alignment inside. Like so, there's certain things about this offense that we can control. And then the game doesn't even in come, come down to that last drive. You take control of what you can control, and this team and this offense is good enough to score 30 points a game on anybody because that's the way the league is set up now. Yes. Right? right. Defensively, we want to create some, right? We want to create some, uh, some cloudiness, some, some hesitation so we can get a strip fumble. We want to create something uh, that makes the uh, a referee call a, Offensive pass interference to put you behind the chains. We want to make you take a sack or, or be able to take a, a negative play for a loss to um, put us in a position where we can come out and blitz and get super handsy and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, that's the ebb and flow of any game. But I like what you right. said, man. At the end of the day, the Chiefs got to control what they control and realize everything is in house. And I challenge the fans also. So, if you're a fan of ours, if you're a fan of the process, you listen, man, take it upon yourself to be a better fan. Take it upon yourself to understand. Football isn't some team looking at a roster because of fantasy and saying, well, the Chiefs are the favorite, so they should win. And so no matter what happens, we think that at the end of the day, the Chiefs should, you know, win uh, 16 to 17 ball games every year because they have Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. The defense is a top five defense. And when you add that up together, there's no reason they shouldn't. Well, guess what? Human, right? Human error. Human, being a human happens. You go through ups and downs. You have drops. You have penalties. You have stretches where the ball's on the ground. Are, we have five guys on defense around it, and we don't get a turnover versus the Bills. Right? Or we're in a position for Snead to make a pick six, and his teammates yeah. knocks it away from him because he's making a great play. So those yeah. things are almost not – you can't account for those things. But I tell you this, J.D., I would much rather our team struggle and have some 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 some, some scar tissue during the regular season yes. for us to go through the season like it's milk and honey, never face adversity – and the first time they actually face adversity be the postseason, mm-hmm. that's when you go home. Right. You don't, you don't know how to bounce back. You have no no resiliency, no nothing, 
right? That Rockyism in them. You don't you don't know how to get back up, right? You don't have to get back up and keep fighting Rocky. You don't know you don't have that in you. Um, if you have to haven't had to go through it during the season, so I kind of like the fact that we go through some of these um, the trials and tribulations of uh, of, of, of the penalties and uh, some mental errors on defense and some drop balls, just so everybody in the building can understand it. Listen, win, lose, or draw, we're going to stay tight. We're going to stay as a team. We're going to stay as a unit. We got each other's back. We're going to continue to grow. The mm-hmm. two things we got to do is start faster and fin- finish stronger. That's right. It. Good. That, that's it. If the team can take that mentality for the next four weeks, mm-hmm. go into the postseason, let's start fast and finish strong. Yes. I think that the Chiefs end up being at the Super, being at Vegas uh, with a chance to raise that Lombardi trophy one more time. So, one time. Um, I'm writing that down. Start fast, finish strong, baby. Start, start fast, fast, strong, baby. That's, that's the motto shot for the that's rest the of the season right there. That's the motto. So, I mean, let's take a couple minutes, man, just to talk about our faith and family. Obviously, uh, that's something we both wear on our sleeve. Um, earlier, before we even got on, we talked about iron sharp as iron. Uh, Proverbs, I think it's 27, 17, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, iron sharpening iron. What are some of the things you're doing, obviously, in your personal life uh, with some athletes and stuff? Um, and then share about some of the things maybe you're doing to keep your, your spirit whole and sharp and um, where it needs to be. Well, man, look, God has been good to me, uh, me and my family, and he always is. And so I've been trying to just go out a little bit more uh, mm-hmm. and profess my faith. More more importantly, the, the love that Christ has for us, how God has been in our lives. And and what I've been trying to do is the love that he's been showing me, I've been trying to show people. Yes, and so the important thing is, uh, as Christians, we got to make sure that we are the, uh, the great representative of our, our Savior, right? And so what I try to do when I go out here and I meet people, not only am I talking about his goodness, but I'm also trying to show them the type of grace that we've been shown also. Uh, so I did I did a, uh, actually a boys retreat uh, a couple of weeks ago, two weekends ago, where we had uh, uh, the men of color uh, uh, summit. Talked to young men about just kind of responsibility, accountability, uh, being able to, you know, show them, you know, different avenues on things that they've been going through in life, uh, that there's different things, different ways that you can get there to to be successful. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that was one of the good things we had, you know, a couple of weeks ago, uh, every single week. You know, we do a uh, iron shoppers are iron with our, our men's group from EKU football players. Uh, and so you can see my helmet back in the, okay, on this side. Okay. Helmet right there. <laughs> yeah. EKU. I see yeah. EKU. I'm a spider. Yeah. You know, you know. Right, I know you're a spider. Yeah. From Richmond. I know it. I know it. We tried to crop that out. I talked to my producer. We actually tried to crop out that helmet, but it couldn't, I couldn't get it done fast enough. So. Well, we look, we, 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 we try to show just also to just coming together um, and just talking about some of the things that we deal with in life and just becoming better men, uh, better men in our community uh, and how what that looks like. And so uh, we're always trying to get better. It's just like on a football field, you say we, we got to methodically go through things, just working on getting better. And so those things are a process as well. Uh, but it's, it's huge. And we know that God molds us every single day. And some of that, that goes into you know, having conversation, listening to the word, being around other men, faithful men and women uh, that that profess God. And so uh, it's always good, man, to just fellowship with one another. Uh, even having the conversations, man, with you, man, I, I'm, I'm just always just uh, gladdened by it, you know, and, and enriched so much uh, having these these thoughtful, uh, wonderful conversations. But man, we, we just talk about every single day, uh, just praising God. Praising God in the small ways, right? However that means, whatever it looks like, 
that's what we want to be able to do. And so part of my vehicle when I out here in, in Chief's Concerns, uh, you know, I want to do that with my podcast in a sense. You know, when I talk to people, I want to try to be able to represent, you know, with grace, showing these guys and everybody out here a, a level of grace. And it's hard on, on Twitter, man. Them jokers, when they come out, they, they be on your neck. I'm just, they go in on you, bro. I'm just like, hey, which, which I'm fine. I'm like, hey, man, look, I'm not playing anymore, but I'm believe me, I'm fine. Hey, I'm gonna be okay. I'm gonna tell the truth, though. I'm gonna yeah. tell. I'm gonna be truthful, but also too, I, I'm I'm gonna show love when I'm doing it. Okay, exactly. we're here to make this world a better place. We're here to help be the light and the, the salt of this earth. And so, I just want to be able to shine for for Him. That's all I want to be able to do. Shop shine yeah. for Him when I can. I appreciate. It. I mean, we both I think see ourselves as being a lighthouse, right? That lighthouse right. is guiding the ships in during the storms. But guess what? That lighthouse is still there during good times, right? And That's we right. shine the light all day, all night. You don't just shine the light when when the sun goes down. The light, no, the light's always shining. That's God's word, right? God's word is eternally good. Is internally about you know that mine is five Galatians five twenty two. The fruits of the spirit. I speak about those throughout different conferences and appearances, mm-hmm. speaking engagements, introductions to people, speaking to kids, young men of all ages, explaining how the fruits of their spirit will uh, always you know. What you you know, reaping and sowing, time right. of harvest, uh, all the this, I mean the goodness that comes from loving a neighbor and presenting yourself in a, in, a, in a, just in a in a, in a real uh, loving manner to each other as far as people who need a helping hand when they're facing, um, I mean they're facing some tough times and just being a shoulder to lean on, an ear to listen, and then always always filtering your words through the you know through the word of God so you can make sure that you're. You're giving those those individuals uh, something that they can actually hold on to to add some foundation to their life. So, man, I always appreciate you know. Again, we we get we get deep into the weeds when it's talking about reaping and sowing and, and God's word and stuff. But there's a book. Um, I think me and you are going to go through a book. Yeah. The next few weeks over the next nine weeks. So, I mean, it, it anybody who's listening to the process, uh, you are welcome to join us on this book study. I'm gonna uh, invite myself to join JD while we go through this book. What you got the book? I do. I have, I have the book. Uh, it's uh, Taking Back Your Faith from the American Dream. It's called Radical by David Platt. And so uh, I think it's one of those things you just challenge yourself uh, of not, in a sense, I'm getting not necessarily being worldly all the time, okay, or just being caught up in all the other stuff. Like sometimes we could get deep into being so caught up in football. We miss out on the things that what we're supposed to be enjoying out of this entire game, right? It's supposed to be fun yeah. to us not supposed to be stressful and anxiety ridden uh but it's supposed to be something that we enjoy with our family enjoy with our friends enjoy guys when they're out there watching because it is entertainment right it is entertainment so this right here taking your faith back from the american dream and it's just not the american dream all dreams that we have that is is rooted in a system that doesn't uh i uh, uh celebrate god let me put it that way and so we shop we're going we're going to talk about getting into it maybe a chapter a week or whatever and kind of like get that. into it uh, but it's it's a challenge for Christians to wake up. That's what it says. Wake up. Trade in the false values rooted in the American dream and embrace the notion that each of us is blessed by God for a global purpose. Man. It's a must read for every believer. I love that, man. We're, we're going to continue to pray for our leaders, uh, whether uh, here uh, or abroad, wherever you are, man. Obviously, right. we love our troops. We, we, we're so proud and so thankful for the the safeties and the, and the pleasures that we are able to celebrate here in the States because of our 
service people who keeps us safe, and then all of our leaders who are making our decisions, just continuously um, take time to dedicate yourselves to just the, the greater good of all. You know, and I think that's the most simplest way to say it. We all are here. We all want to celebrate some happiness and joy and, and have a future uh, for our families to, to be able to enjoy it. So with well, that know, being said, okay. I, I was, I was going to say, we just know that God's love has no no boundaries. Oh, no boundaries. No Man, you know that, bro. We know that. We know that. <laughs> So, man, I want to thank you, Jason. Uh, obviously, like I said, a mountain of a man, uh, not just your uh, stature, but your mindset, your spirit, your soul. I think people can see how uh, authentic and transparent you are when it comes to your faith. Man, I appreciate you for being a, uh, a brother in Christ with me and, and helping us, you know, continue to walk the path together. Uh, and then talk to Chiefs, man. We always, I mean, we break it down. We see things uh, from uh, often from different point of views, but we're able to share each other's viewpoints. Absolutely. And just at the end of the day, man, we have a mutual respect for each other based off our own, both of our own careers and our experience. Yes, um, that I think adds a lot of flavor to both of our shows. So whether you're watching the process here, where the process is greater than the product, or if you're watching Jason Dunn on Chief's Concern, keep your ears and eyes open. Continue to subscribe. Follow us in the future. We're going to always keep bringing you that funk, that flavor, only like we do it. And without that, man, hey, man, welcome back next week. Come on back. This your boy, Sean Barber, NFL, 10-year NFL vet, talking to you from the process. We out.